their offensive line, nicknamed the Hogs by line coach Joe Bugle, began to control the tempo of the game with a play called 50 Gut. Joe Jacoby and Russ Grimm, the two Hogs that time with the big blocks. John Riggins, the diesel getting warm. Drag up that diesel. Oh, um, um, um. Let's go diesel. Good afternoon and welcome to another 50 Gut Blog Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Paul Williams, and I'm joined with my co-host, Corey Gassaway and Cliff and Guapon. What's going on, fellas? It's good, it's good. What's going on? Knee deep in the preseason, we got one out the way. Now they're back in, in from Richmond, back to Ashburn, and, uh, you know, we're rolling. We're rolling now. On the preseason game number two. <laughs> Yeah, I can't can't be, can't wait to get. I hate preseason. You guys know I hate preseason a lot. So it is really the, the worst. It's the, the worst. sooner it's over, <laughs> the better. Oh man, what are you guys talking about? I can't wait to turn on the TV on Saturday night and see a two quarters empty stadium and uh, Cole McCoy taking snaps. What are you guys talking about? Hey, you never know. You may have to see Cole at some point. Don't don't do Cole like that, man. Ah, uh, Christ. <laughs> He's one snap away. Let's, let's be He's the backup. Come on. Let's not forget that. Oh, he is the backup. He's the most popular player in, in on the Redskins right now. Nah, nah <laughs> no, he's not. Far from oh, that. come on now. The most popular player on Redskins is always the backup. Not, not, <laughs> let, not. let Kirk go out there week one and throw picks to Ronald Darby and, and Jalen Mills, and they'll be chanting Colt's name. No, they won't. No, they won't. <laughs> Maybe it'll be just me then. I think it'll just be you. You got escorted out of FedEx last year. <laughs> if I remember, if I remember, if I remember correctly. Well, I wasn't escorted out. I left under my own reconnaissance. That's one. That's first off. And two is because Kirk was throwing picks left and right to Artie Burns. I was like, Kirk, you want the bag, but you you can't even get touchdowns on Mike Mitchell. Nah, <laughs> bruh, bruh. Anyway, before we go on to preseason game number two. Let's talk about preseason game number one. Plan, but, you know, it's just preseason, but a lot of bad things, some good things. Let's just focus on the good things for now. Who impressed you on Thursday night against the Ravens? I was really impressed by Ryan Anderson. I, I kind of noticed he was gassed on some downs. He needs to get back in football shape. But when he was on the field, he definitely was everything that we've heard. I mean, he was blowing up bleed blockers. He was holding that edge. He didn't really get much of a pass rush, but that's not where he brought him here for. He, I mean, just to follow up on that, Ryan Anderson, I felt had a great, great first outing for a rookie. I mean, I was Allen impressed with one back in the pass hurry, and he he shows that he could possibly be a three down player. Clearly, pass rush there yet, but the way he was blowing up the guard and tackle on a couple of those stretch runs, was, it was incredible. It looked like Alabama. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, he was playing against third stringers, so this is probably this is probably easier than Alabama games. <laughs> right. <laughs> nah, I mean we knew Ryan Anderson was going to be physical. I feel like he probably—I don't think it was a matter of game shape. He probably just had too much adrenaline running through his body. Agreed. It's possible. Gas quickly, but nah, him and Jonathan Allen, like they should be out here dominating the first preseason game. So I'm glad to see them doing it, but I. I I would be disappointed if they weren't performing in our early preseason game. Most definitely. You know, you bring him in here, he has this physical mentality. He brings this dog mentality to the edge. I mean, you have guys like Preston Smith who are more, uh, he's more of a hybrid, I would say, three technique, five technique, can play the edge, but he's not a pure edge rusher. And you have Junior Gallette who is a pure edge rusher. I mean, he's not going to really, I mean, I don't expect him to give you a ton in the run, in the run defense game, but you have a Ryan Anderson who, I mean, you put him in the game and you just you're not running to his side. I mean, good luck to you. I mean, if you want to get around the edge, there was a play. I think it was on the second drive where it was a buck sweep. Both guards pulled for the Ravens. He blows up the lead guard. The guard falls back into the second guard. The only thing that stopped that from being a pancake was the second guard running into him. But then you know the running back has nowhere to go. Zach Brown comes out and just cleans it up. It was an easy play for him. If he can do that, I mean, especially with the run, good run games we're going to face with Dallas and Philly, I mean, you had, that's a big, big, big key. Because, as you remember, this run defense 
didn't do much last year against some of the top. They didn't do much. One of the worst in the league, man. One of the they, they didn't do much versus anyone. Anyone. Top run game or not. You were gonna look, you were gonna look like a top run game versus us. I know that most um, definitely. Look, most definitely. Rookie year, we just need Ryan Anderson to contribute on rundowns. If that's all he can give us for now, that's cool. That's perfectly fine. We need someone who perfectly can fine. help us versus the run. He's clearly capable to do uh, capable of doing that early on at the very least. If Ryan Anderson's gonna make an impact like that, then hey, he might be the starter. Hey man, everybody can't be on the field. Like Agreed. That's, that's life when you actually have depth. So Preston can want to be on the field all he wants, but he's going to have to earn playing time this year. <laughs> yeah. But he's going to have to step up. Unfortunately, we lost Trent Murphy to a torn ACL in that game. I mean, outside linebacker was expected to be a position of great, great depth. I still like the depth there. You still have Ryan Kerrigan, who has not missed a game, not missed a start in his six-year career. Now on the other side, you have three guys, Anderson, Gallette, and Preston Smith all competing for playing time. Plus, I think Chris Carter is going to be the team too. I mean, he's more a special teamer, but he's another guy that you could throw out there. But that being said, you have depth, but you still need guys to step up. I mean, Preston Smith was maybe not as big of a factor on defense because you had such great guys in front of him. Now you kind of depend on him. He has to step up. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about NFL season though, right? Even if you have all this depth, the injuries happen so randomly and so quickly that you could go from being deep at a spot to being thin at it in a two-week period. Right. So it's unfortunate we lost Trump Murphy. We weren't going to have him at the beginning of the year, but right, you, you do want to keep guys healthy throughout, like for as long as you can, because it's just a matter of time before they get hurt. Right. Unfortunately, we have that depth now, man. Last year, <laughs> injury like Murphy would have killed us. Year before that, killed us. Yeah. So it's it's good to have guys like Anderson, Preston, even though he needs to step up. You know, we have we have ball players now. So I'm a miss Trent. You know, I'm a, I'm a Trent Murphy guy. Everybody, one of his biggest fans, leader of, leader of the Trent High. Trent High. One of his biggest fans. Well, <laughs> Corey's everybody's biggest fan though. <laughs> Until <laughs> week six, and we're, we're making the bum list in my basement. Trent's definitely a. Are we going to have to wait for week six? I think we might have to start week three. Oh, I've already made the bum list. You see the whiteboard <laughs> in my bedroom. It's a list of bum. <laughs> Preseason uh, week two, man. We can't do that yet. It's too early. It's too early. Right. Well, speaking of injuries and speaking of guys that impressed, obviously we lost uh, Sue Cravens this week to a semi-pseudo knee injury. He had a meniscus injury. They went in this week and cleaned it up. He's not expected to be back before week one. But in the injury, DeShazer Everett saw some good snaps in the preseason game, and he's been impressive all camp. I know that he has not really played a lot for us, but, you know, last year in the end of the season, he flashed a lot, had a pick versus Philly, had a big hit versus Darren Sproles on a punt return. Now he's impressing in camp. Do you guys think that he could be a guy that we could fill in in Sue Craven's absence and say, hey, our expected starter isn't there, but you can plug this guy in and feel like, you know, feel like you have somebody back there who's competent, who's not like Dante Whitner, who you, you, you signed him, you plugged him in, and he gave you nothing. I mean, we're hoping he could give us that. I mean, like you said, he's an undrafted guy. Made himself, made himself known on special teams in that Eagles game when he made that big hit on the punt return. I mean, he showed signs that he could be a big hitter. He's just never actually had the opportunity to be in coverage having him in a deep third or deep cover two. We haven't seen him in those types of situations. Plus, I mean, I look at it like this. Uh, Everett, undrafted free agent, he's getting thrown in there for now. Hopefully, Cravens is going to be ready by week one. But let's say Everett goes out there he's and plays ready. well. Yeah, but if Everett goes out there and plays well, this is not a bad problem to have, right? Right. So, and if he doesn't play well, then it's like, well, you're not ready yet. And hopefully Cravens is there is is there and can uh, contribute. But right, and anything we get, anything we get from someone like uh, DeShazer Everett as a starter, that's that's foul money because you're not expecting that from guys who just got his got the free agents. Right, and I'm not saying Sue Cravens getting hurt. I mean, it, there's no positive to that. He needs those reps. He's switching from money backer to safety this year. It was his natural position in college, so he has some experience back there. But he needs those reps. So it sucks that he's out, but. If you think about it, these guys rotate all the time. You need a third safety. Who is it going to be? Will Blackman had a down year last year. He didn't really impress. D'Angelo Hall is older and 
always injured now. You don't even know he's going to make the team. Monte Nicholson just started practicing this week. You had no third option back there outside of Sue and DJ Swearinger. Now you got a guy like Sheriff Everett who's going to get reps the next three preseason games. He's a starter for the rest of camp. Now he's getting that experience with the starters. Maybe now you look, hey, Sue is back, but now we can actually have a third safety that we can play on nickel situations uh, that you can bring in there and feel safe with. That's, I mean, that's, that'd be a great problem to have, honestly. 100%. Right. When's the last time you had depth at safety? Is when have we ever had safeties? Is that how it's going to work out? Who knows? <laughs> Come on. But that's right. the best case scenario that he comes out. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. And so, so say, the, let, me you, let, time. let me ask you, comes out, he balls. Cravens is ready 100% by week two. Who's your starter? Cravens. Cravens. Because you, you have to give him a chance. I mean – you drafted him high in the second round. I'm not saying because he's a second-round pick that he has to start. Because ideally, in a perfect world, the best player plays, no matter what. But Absolutely. He, but he looked good in camp before he got hurt. I mean, if he comes out week one and he's playing and he's obviously been rushed back and he's not in game shape and he's getting beat because he, he just isn't ready, then, yeah, you say, okay, Everett, you go in there and you take snaps until Cravens is ready to be playing big, big snaps for you again. But I, I don't think that Cravens – job is in jeopardy yet no not in jeopardy there's only one <laughs> position on football teams that they'll play the lesser talent and that's quarterback for, for some <laughs> odd reason <laughs> we saw that in dallas last year right right Dak wasn't the better player he wasn't be- he's not we better did. than romo but when when romo was healthy he didn't get his job back because he didn't want to throw the team off, all that dumb-ass stuff. That's all we talk about for quarterback. So, Cravens would get his job back. Right. Unless, unless Everett's Ed Reed, we just didn't know it. His job will be I'm back. just saying, you never know. Everett ever might go out there. No, nah, I think we know. I think we know in, in this case. He's not Ed Reed. Speaking of guys that impressed and positions that are up for grabs, Zach Brown in limited snaps on uh, Thursday night, came in in relief of Will Compton and played alongside Mason Foster. He had a lot of good plays. He, you know, he saw that speed. You saw what, oh, he runs a 4-6. He plays sideline to sideline. He came in the first preseason game. He blew up somebody on a swing pass. He made it to the sideline on, on that play that I mentioned earlier with Ron Anderson. I mean, you can see that speed and athleticism that we've missed from the linebacker position for a long time. Obviously, we've mentioned on this podcast before that Will Compton and Mason Foster are probably going to be starters. This week, I think it was actually today, J.P. Finley tweeted out that Zach Brown and Mason Foster were starting. I mean, I know that they were going to rotate, and all three of them are going to play a lot. But do you think now is starting to – the tide is starting to turn and that the coaching staff is realizing, okay, Will Foster's a captain, but we have to play the better player. He has to play more. He at least has to start. I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I – mean, I mean, it's pretty simple. Like they can't, they couldn't just bench Brown or Compton. Sorry, uh, Foster or Compton. They couldn't just bench them off site. It wasn't like we gave Zach Brown some huge amount of money, right? No, four point um, six million dollars is not a lot, but they told him so he had to earn a job. Brown's got to earn a job, and if he goes out there and plays well, he's gonna start. What's he gonna bring? Based on that him? first preseason game, I'm gonna tell you this: Zach Brown is a highlight reel. He's a headhunter. He's a hitter. He's an impact player. Something, I'm sorry, I have to say it, Will Compton is not. I mean. I agree. I agree. And like you mentioned, I mean, everybody listening and us three included, we know, I mean, unfortunately, that Will Compton is, let's just say, limited physically. I mean, he's not the athlete that Zach Brown or Mason Foster is. I mean, Mason Foster is coming up for career year. Zach Brown was second in the NFL in tackles, made the Pro Bowl. I mean, I don't know where. Will Compton fits in, but you, I mean, you have 320 guy guys banging into you all game. I mean, you're taking on pulling guards, you're taking on lead blockers. I mean, all three of them are going to play, but I would like to hope that, just like we mentioned with Sua Cravens and DeShazer Everett, that the best player has to play. I mean, and that's clearly Brown and Foster. Yeah, but I mean, it's the first game of the preseason, right? <laughs> like, it's going to take some time before Brown can just be put above people like Compton. Like Compton's been here a couple of years. He's a he seems to be a respected player in the locker room. So I I couldn't really envision a scenario where Brown would just be 
coming in and immediately giving the top spot on the depth chart. But let me ask you this, Clip. If you're going to say that, how much time do we need? If you see that he's you the, clearly the better player, like how much time, how many weeks, how many games does he go by before you didn't say, okay, Paul, bro, Didn't Paul sorry, just say Zach better. Brown – didn't Paul just say Zach Brown is taking the first team reps now? Yeah. To the, I as, mean, yeah. They, as but, today he was starting, yeah. They also just – that was just part of the rotation. Nothing's settled yet, but, I mean, that's nice to see, but – I don't know, man. I just think hey, one man. more week of preseason of Zach Brown highlights. I think Will Compton can go ahead and uh, have a seat, but that's just me. Right. And I think first like game, the first I think game you is not for another almost a month. So, right. Agreed. Right. And I mean, am I going to sit here and, and be upset if Zach Brown's name isn't in the you know starter slot on week one? I mean, it'll be slightly perturbing because I would have to sit there and be like, why? Why is he not starting? But I think it's a safe assumption he's going to see the lion's share of snaps at linebacker, whether he's coming off the bench, whether he's playing in certain packages, as long as he's in those packages and not Will Comp. <laughs> hey, as I, I hate to call a spade, spade here, but, uh, Will Comp. <laughs> Right. I mean, if that's the case, he just might as well be on the field. But I hear you. I definitely hear you. I hear you, Paul. Right. He is. Right. You could, they couldn't just give his job for away Will. for one year, $4.6 million. It wasn't like they signed some huge free agent. Zach Brown's a good player, but it wasn't like his free agent tour. Like it wasn't like we were seeing like a website covering his free agency tour. You <laughs> signed him for one year, four million. So he wasn't just going to be given a job. Right. Jonathan Allen isn't even getting first team reps, was he not? So, right. No, he wasn't. Yeah. All right. Well, we've talked about the guys on the defense who impressed us week one. Let's talk about the guys who weren't as impressive. I'm going to start off with the two free agent signings out on the D-line. Stacey McGee and Terrell McClain. Uh, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I haven't heard Terrell McClain's name all camp, not once. I mean, I saw a picture of him in a, like, from one of the photogs like, last week, and I was just like, he's still here? Like, it was confusing. I, was just like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched exactly one play of, of Stacey McGee on – Thursday night where I actually noticed him, and I noticed him because he got pushed seven yards off the ball. Jeez. I'm like, you're making 25 to $21 million respectively. <sighs> I know that contracts don't mean much because they're essentially two-year deals. I mean, I would be shocked if either one of them are here after 2018. But they're going to have to play. I mean, ideally, you're going to have Phil Taylor starting at nose. He's going to play 30% of the snaps because we don't run a lot of base 4-3. Jonathan Allen is probably going to be an every-down player just being spelled by people off the bench. You have guys like Matt Ioannidis, Anthony Lanier. But, you know, you have to expect big snaps from these guys, and they haven't showed up at all. I mean, it's week one of the preseason, guys. I don't know. Like, Let's say that McLean and McGee are just rotation players, and that's it. That's not the worst thing in the world. Like, as long as they are able to contribute once the season starts, which I think they'll be able to on some level give us something positive, I'm cool with it. I don't think any of us are looking at these two like they're supposed to be difference makers. No. I mean, most definitely. I think that we brought them in. I mean, they screamed rotational guys when we brought them in. I know that some guys out in Oakland said that Stacey McGee, you know, he flashes every once in a while, but he's always hurt. I mean, we see Dallas twice a year. And, I mean, I watch a lot of Dallas football because, you know, know the enemy. And Troy McClain was never a special player to me. So, I know the rotational guys. But you'd like to even to at least know that they're capable. I mean, at this point, I, I don't know what they're capable of. I mean, like, you brought Kendall Reyes in last year and you try to be optimistic and be like, okay, maybe he'll be okay. And he was cut by week three. I was just like, it, it, it's just a... <laughs> but, Ke- but Kendall Reyes was, like, given a like a nothing contract, right? Right. We're in a different situation because we got Jonathan Allen. If we didn't have Jonathan Allen, I would be more concerned. Yeah. Because we signed those two. When we signed those two, we didn't think we were going to end up with Jonathan Allen in our defensive line. Most definitely. I I mean, they're lucky they got Jonathan Allen. I mean, I don't know what their plan was at 17, Obviously, Jonathan Allen fell into her laps, and that was a no-brainer. As soon as 16 was off the clock, they had to have been like, okay, Jonathan Allen, come on down. Because if it was just Phil Taylor and these two, 
our D line would be in bigger trouble than it already is. Right. But we got lucky. For we did once. get very lucky. <laughs> we got lucky. Right. Very lucky. We got we got Jonathan Allen. It gives us a little bit different. It, our our depth looks a little different now, just because we added it. Right. I mean, not only depth. I mean, you have a guy that. I mean, you haven't had a guy that rushes from the interior well here and forever. I can't even remember the last guy that you put him on third down over, you know, over the nose, or you put him in the A gap or the B gap, and you say, okay, he's gonna push the pocket, or he's gonna, you know, slither between a gap and get to the quarterback. He has that ability on every single snap. I mean, Baker wasn't that guy. I, I mean, I can't even think of a guy, in, 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 I mean, even five, ten years ago that did something like what I'm thinking he's capable of doing. But, I mean, spend first a picks on defensive line. It's just not something that we do. So I really think Jonathan Allen, compared to the other two, I mean, he's going to help in the run. He's going to help in the pass. He's going to help collapse the pocket. I mean, and we all all know the sky's the limit for the kid. He's probably the steal of the draft, to be honest. But I think something we have not seen around here in quite some time. Right. Right, right, right. I'd be, I'd be shocked if he wasn't. He didn't end up being the steal of the draft. Steal of the draft. I can't, I can't think of another time where someone was expected to go top three and they went 70 or 17. <laughs> right. When does that happen? I, I'll never, never forget of the 09 draft. <laughs> we're sitting in our apartment in Towson, me and Corey. We're like, let a rack post slip. Let a rack post slip. Let a rack post slip. <laughs> it was like that. It's just like, is this guy really? Like, he got to like 10. I was like, okay, let's just hope we can get Ruben Foster. And then he's there at 15. I'm like, okay. If the Ravens don't take him, then we're gold. And then it comes to 17, and he was there. And I'm just hoping, d- don't draft Forrest Lamp or something like that. Like, <laughs> like make the right pick. We couldn't screw that up. I mean, oh, yes. Yeah. Stealing the draft, man. Yeah, still draft. I think McLuhan actually tweeted that last night. I, you know, we know that he's on Twitter now, and he's dropping uh, truth bombs left and right. He was like, steal the draft. And he said, no doubt about it. It was Jonathan Allen. I mean, it was a McLuhan pick. Shout out to McLuhan. That's not, that's not no damn McLuhan. Big up to Scott. <laughs> we love you, Scott. Anyone, anyone could have made that damn pick. Hey, but, six, but 16 teams didn't, though. Yeah. Anyone who had seen our team could have made that pick. <laughs> With our D-line. <laughs> yeah. Any, anyone who watched us give up five yards of carry last year would have Like, you didn't have to be a genius to make that pick. Who's the last defensive tackle that we truly had or we could truly say was a real pass rusher? A pass rusher? Like pass a, rusher. A, like a pure – can get to, okay, truly like get to inter- the quarterback. Interior D lineman or you mean yes. a defensive in- lineman? Interior, interior D lineman. I can't think of one. Can't think of one. That's Baker, bad. Baker doesn't count? I mean, I'm just thinking like highly – I mean, in the draft-wise. I mean, I understand. That's why I brought up Baker earlier. Like, he came up, came through, had a yeah. few years here, Wally vet, but to come out with this – High expectation of a player, first round draft pick. You know what I'm saying? Like we haven't oh, had nothing. that. In a while. We haven't had any of that. Yeah, I mean, I'm honestly, I mean, we're all in our early 30s. Like I'm sitting there thinking, I've been wrestling fans for 25 years. I can't think of the last person. I mean, maybe we've never had one since we've been skins fans. We it's really possible. haven't. We Jeez. really haven't. Yeah, we've had like, I mean, who's our best defensive and who's our best interior defensive line in the last 20 years? Like Dan Wilkinson, probably. Mm, man. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, Dan Wilkinson or uh, Stubblefield. I mean, but you know who was really good? Daryl Gardner. Hey. Daryl Gardner was <laughs> real good. Impact yeah. player he was. <laughs> Got a huge head. <laughs> that he did. <laughs> oh, his face was so close to the face mask. I'm like, hey, man, <laughs> you need a bigger helmet. <laughs> he used to scare him. Like, every time you hit somebody, you're going to break your nose. He was a – he was uh, – a pretty good player. I mean, what? Nobody's nobody's gonna say Jason Hatcher. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Bruh. No, Hatcher, Hatcher, was, Hatcher was good too. When healthy, when healthy, didn't make it. Key word like, when key words went healthy. I mean, he's, he's I mean, also like 37 when we signed him. <laughs> right. He's already on out of the league for like a year, and he's already like 50. He graduated. I think he graduated. What we go Norfolk State or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. 27 year old senior. <laughs> I'm looking that up right now. Hold on. <laughs> Where we go? Let me oh, ask you the, this. Oh, the Grambling. Grambling. Oh. I knew you wanted the HBC. Look Grambling. at me, man. Just, 
just naming any HBC like a thing. Right. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. said Jackson State. <laughs> <laughs> Prairie View A and M. Man, no disrespect. Shout out to all those schools. <laughs> nah, nah, seriously, shout out to them. Shout I out. Did, I just started naming them left and right though. Uh, all right, so we can't. We can't go on to the offense before we talk about Phil Taylor. I know that it was only a couple snaps, and I know that he's only going to play maybe one-third of defensive downs this year because, you know, we don't use a traditional nose tackle that often. But his knees were shot or thought to be shot. Now he's back. He looks healthy. He looks in shape, which is shocking. I thought he'd be out of shape for sure. I mean. He's he's in great shape. Yeah. Jim Tom Sula. Jim Tom Sula. Can we talk about Jim Tom Sula for a second? Like, no, like, for real, like, he might be the biggest upgrade to offseason of any position coach because, obviously, we lost McVay. We lost the D coordinator. Well, not lost. I wouldn't say that's not real loss. But I believe he was fired. I believe he was fired as well. And he fired the whole defensive staff. I mean, you bring in Torian Gray. I mean, but you can't understate Tomasula. I mean, he had a great D-line in San Fran. He had some great players, but he was the, he was the mastermind behind it. And now you see the defensive lineman. And they're, I mean, some of them are balling out. And you, it seems like he can get the best out of all of his players. That's why I'm really encouraged by it. I mean, you have depth there. You don't have any studs outside Jonathan Allen. But you have to look to depth and what he's doing with guys like Matt Ioannidis, who's actually showing up after being a non-factor last year. As far as Phil Taylor goes, like, Phil Taylor's problem has never been talent. So, just him being healthy. Is a massive upgrade in those tackle. I know we saw. I remember we had Terrence Knight, and everybody thought he was going to make a huge difference. And he was five yards of carry. Jeez. And I don't know if that was because of Knighton or because of other players, but right, we haven't had a nose tackle in a while. And he's a. I mean, he could probably be the best one we've had since we switched to the three four. Was it twenty ten? It's been eight years, yeah. Yeah. And, you, and you haven't yeah. had a true one outside Knighton. And Knighton was just, I mean, massive. A body, yeah. Yeah, he was he was big, and he was Baker's boy. There, there were Millie rocking all over the place, but he wasn't effective. Amen. Right, and Phil, Phil Taylor was also uh, a high first-round pick. First-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. You know, he just went to the Browns, which is like <laughs> players' careers go to die. Yeah, so Phil Taylor, we know the talent's there. And if he's healthy, you know, he's, he's moving extremely well. Hey man, Phil Taylor was one of my. Don't forget that. Stay healthy. He was one of my sleepers. Right, and forget it. So, so so was Nate Sudfeld. (laughs) (laughs) The pride of Clinton, Maryland. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And the best thing that happened to Phil Taylor was Sula. And I got to say, like we kind of said back when Callahan got here that year for the offensive line, I really think Tom Sula is going to impact our defensive line like that. I mean, even Jay Gruden came out and said, Jim Tom Sula will find us a nose tackle. <laughs> he's got yeah. Phil Taylor in the best shape he's been in probably since he was drafted. So, I mean, I think Jim Tom Sula is going to make a major impact Honestly, on this team. I don't think he's been in this shape since he's been in the NFL. No. You, you might be right. I mean, he was good in Cleveland. I mean, he had his moments in Cleveland. I mean, he played on a lot of bad defenses. But, I mean, he was, having issues with, he was having issues with his weight. And his knees. I mean, but it's also hard to be in shape when your knees are crap. I mean – how are you going to stay or, in Or are your knees crap because you were white in shape? Ah, ah, ah. I see what you there. Was it a Chinese riddle? <laughs> <laughs> was it a knee injury that he had in Denver, too? Yeah. I mean, they he was there for training camp, and I think they cut him just because his yeah, knees looked bad. Hmm. I actually heard a story on the radio this morning. They were talking about Phil Taylor, and I guess like it was their daughter's like second birthday party or something like that. And one of the magicians that showed up at his house – they were like, what do you do for a living? And he said, I'm a retired football player. And his wife kind of gave him the what the fuck look. And he was like, retired? What the fuck you mean retired? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what his motivation was to get in shape. And he signed with the Redskins. And I guess he worked hard this whole offseason. And it's, it's, it's showing. I mean, he's out there chasing down quarterbacks, looking good in camp. I mean, maybe Cliff is right. Maybe the knee problems were caused by the weight issues. Now he's in shape. The knees are stabilized. And he's back to being his first-round pick self. Hey. He will make a – if we could just have him for two days, right. I'll, take, I'll take it. Right. And like you said, I mean, you can preserve him because he's not going to play that much. I mean, 
how often does a nose rat tackle really appear on our defense? I mean, granted, we haven't had a good one, but, I mean, teams don't really stick in the 3-4. They show different fronts. He'll probably be a first down, probably a second down player, but on third down, he's off the field. I mean, if he just limits his snaps, keep him healthy, he stays in great shape. I mean, you have a guy who's only 29 years old who could probably be here for two, three, four, five years. Hometown kid, man. Yeah, man. He's motivated. Can you help us not give up five yards of carry? Right. Please. Then, then please put a, put a jersey on, man. Sincerely. <laughs> Sincerely, Redskins Nation. Can we not please. have Terrence West just, like, high-stepping, moseying on through the front seven of the defense? Can we see that, please? <laughs> no, can, that we first... see, can we see Zeke that gallop for 17 on <laughs> On third and seventeen. I mean, I know that. Dallas's run game is great. I know the line <laughs> is great. I know Zeke is great. But it's like, as soon as the ball is snapped and it looks like he's handing it to Zeke, I'm like, well, there's seven yards. Like he just skips through the line with no hesitation. I'm like Baker, Ziggy, uh, Ricky John. What are y'all, are, what are y'all doing? But, but we made every run game look like the Cowboys. Literally, it's the problem. Literally, yeah. Cleveland was running all over us. Yep. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> Jonathan Stewart has only good game last year against us. Like he came out and showed I was gonna out. say, which were the running backs that had career days on us last yeah, year? Yeah, Jonathan Stewart was, was killing. Jonathan Stewart. I mean, I don't think he had a hundred yard game until he played us, and then he showed up on Monday night and killed us. <laughs> but that's also Monday night, so <laughs> which we we never win on Monday night. So yeah, we know how that goes. How many Monday night games do we have this year? I think we have we have five primetime games. I know that. Our problem is at home on Monday night. It's not. It's home games. We play at Kansas City on Monday night. We play at Philly on Monday night. Watch us like show out in those two games, and then we'll come home and play. We play San Fran after those games and just lose by twenty. Not losing our damn San Fran, please. Never, never say never, man. Anything can happen. It's the NFL. Not. We are not losing to San Fran. See, it's not happening. I said the same thing on New Year's Day. I was like, oh, man, we have the playoffs on the line. The Giants don't care. I mean, we're, and the Giants, they scored 10 points. What do you mean? Why wouldn't anyone think that the Giants wouldn't love to keep us out of the playoffs? Come on. Of course. They could want to keep us out of the playoffs all they want, but they had nothing to play for, one. Two, we had everything to play for, and they should have been fired up. I mean, no, they had, they anything happened to play for. Trolling for trolling players. <laughs> the Giants did have something to play for. They, they definitely have something to play for. They, they, they kept a division, division rival. That's a, what a great feeling. What a great feeling, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we had more to play for, but I'm not going to say they didn't have anything to play for. I mean, if, we're, if anything, we're right. Having, if anything, having that much to play for versus a trolling-ass good team is a bigger problem for you. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> and then these dudes had the nerve to go, well, hop on the plane and fly to Miami and look like Jodeci on the boat. God. <laughs> well, that ended quickly. Oh, yeah. A-Rod they went right it. back on that boat after six days. <laughs> A-Rod put that <laughs> quick, fast, in a hurry. They, that season was over with, but still. I mean, the ultimate disrespect. Hey, we're going to go to D.C., we're going to kick their ass, and then we're going to fly to Miami and party on these motherfuckers. Like, <laughs> the ultimate disrespect. So disrespectful. Uh, so anyway, Cliff, don't say anything can happen because anything can happen. And you know how we are. I mean, we're the Redskins. I mean, do we ever do anything that's expected? Ever? Yeah, nope. I didn't. I, that's not what I said, though. <laughs> like, like, you're bringing up the Giants. The Giants aren't. The Giants are significantly better than the 49ers. Like, come on. Either way, long story short, we need to show up on Monday night because... We have a lot of primetime games. I think we have three Monday nighters. We have Thanksgiving and the Sunday night game. So, I mean, you, you drop those five, you're already at the best. <laughs> Seven to nine. I mean, being generous, being very generous. Not dropping all five, just uh, home games on Monday night. How about <laughs> we do this first, Paul? How about we win an opener under Gruden, like you told me the other night? Like, come on. Yeah. How I, about we start off the season with a win? I mean, that first game versus the Texans, I mean – now it's Paul fumbles going in. Alfred Morris also fumbled, I think, going into the end zone. And then you have a block punt right before halftime sure for a touchdown. I mean, that was bad. But then the past two years, just not. We were up. Wait. Miami? Not that game. Not I mean, that game. No, Miami, Miami 
handled us. I, w- I would say that game no, wasn't didn't. as close to score. Didn't Landry have a field day? Landry had a field day and he returned a punt for a touchdown. We were up 10 nothing. They scored right at the end of the, second, the first half. Like right at the end. Uh, maybe, it, it, maybe it just felt like they controlled yeah, the game. Because we got it, up 10 nothing. In the second half, we couldn't do anything. We got up 10 nothing. They scored right at the end of the first half. That's when Deshaun went out early, right? Pulled a hammy. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Kirk's first start. But Houston was. was better than us. They're a better team than us. Were the they? Are, yeah, they were. They had a top defense. I mean, yeah, they did, but... I mean, who was their quarterback? Was it Fitzpatrick? We were 4-12 <laughs> It was Fitzpatrick. Year. I mean, who was their starting quarterback that day? Was it Fitzpatrick? Weren't we 4-12 that year? We were 4-12 and 12 that year, yeah. Yeah, because we stunk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like, like, the Texans have had a top defense for like three, four years now. Yes. Yeah, quite some time. All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad we're actually talking about this because I actually wanted to get into the offense. And obviously they didn't do much. I mean, they had three points. Kirk in the starting offense only played two drives, six plays total, didn't move the ball at all. The run game looked bad. The pass game looked bad. And there have been whispers that Gruden runs kind of a a lackadaisical camp. I mean, it's, and I've heard don't confuse not hitting with not being intense, but he's been here three years. And then three straight years, you look bad to open the season. You, t- you take two big L's. The Texans handled us. The Steelers obviously were in a different class. Are you guys worried that there's some truth to the rumor that Gruden runs a very, very, very lax camp and it causes the residents to look bad early in the season? Not at all. No, that's nonsense. It's foolish. It's, it's nonsense. Is it, though? It's foolish. Yeah, I just think people are just making connections just to make connections. But where there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, call a spade a no, spade. There's, no there's a lot of smoke here. always coming out of Redskins Park, though. There's no damn smoke here. They have a lackadaisical camp. That's why they, they start slow. They lost to the Steelers <laughs> game one. The second week, they should have won the game. We all know what happened. Don't want to rehash that. The third game, they beat the Giants. I don't even remember what happened the first two seasons because we stunk year one. <laughs> the first half of year two, we were garbage. Right? right. Agreed. <laughs> and so then bad. last year we last year we played a team that was much better than us. Period. That a better team than us. Okay. I mean, I mean that's that's fair. And, no, and, go ahead. and we should have had way more points in the first half of that Steelers game than we did. But why didn't we? Let's, Let's not, not do that. this. Let's not, not do this, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not do this right now. Hey, well, I'm just, I'm not gonna read into all that nonsense coming out of Redskins Park and what they're saying in the Washington Post and whatnot. It's only so much the players can do across all these camps as far as hitting and tackling. I'm pretty sure Gruden's running a tight knit schedule with the players. I'm sure everybody's focused in practice. I'm oh. not gonna blame. Oh, I'm. I'm not saying every. Everybody's probably focused. I mean, this is the NFL. Their livelihoods depend on this, and they want to win. I mean, these are professional athletes. I'm sure they want to win. But Gruden is a player's coach. He's very laid back. I mean, he's not the type of guy who's gonna be barking all day like some other coaches run NFL. And say what you want about the Steelers are being better than us. Say what you want about the Texans being better than us. But it's been three straight years with open the season, and they haven't looked good. They haven't, yeah. haven't looked good. They haven't looked good because the first year. They weren't good, right? They Agreed. weren't a good team. Agreed. The second year, they were terrible the first half. <laughs> and last year, they played the damn Steelers. So, like, I, like, I don't know why so, such a big deal will be made out of the first game of the year. Wasn't there? Then we've seen some crazy week one upsets, right? So That we have. It's like I, I, I can't really read much into that, man. We also really? got to understand, offense only played six plays the other night, man. Jordan Reed was missing. Jameson Crowder was missing. Josh Dotson was missing. And, again, they played six plays. Six plays. Probably got six plays. Half of them. The Ravens were blitzing every play. Which is what they do up there in Baltimore. Right? I mean, they, they were totally unprepared. I mean, that's fine. But you guys are, are not really – I mean, that's not the point I'm trying to make. Preseason games are one thing. I mean, I I couldn't care less about preseason because they're just preseason games. They don't count. But I'm talking about 
the head coach running a, a lackadaisical camp. I mean, right. you have to be sharp. And, and how do you know they're going to be sharp? People are, but this is just the conclusion people are making because they lost the first game of the year. Pretty much. Three years in a row. That it, cares? It, it's been three years, but that's not to say, that doesn't mean they've had lackadaisical training camps. I'm almost certain they're having pretty intense training camps, especially with Breland out there trying to fight Terrell Pryor, pushing them getting too physical and walkthroughs. Listen, I'm pretty sure the practices are okay. They were pretty bad the first year. They were not a good team. We didn't have a lot of talent. So, like, them winning on the road, I guess it's a very good defense. That wasn't going to happen if we played them week one or week eight. Well, right? Would we have beat the Texans if we played them eight weeks later that first year? Hell no. (laughs) Against me on this. And I'm not even saying for sure that I believe in the hype either. Maybe what you're saying is true. Maybe it's false. I'm just trying to click and trade in here. But under Shanahan, I mean, they went three and one in opening games. And the game they lost was against Chip Kelly's first game where they came out and just threw us for a total loop. You had no idea what going on. And Griff wasn't the same. So you went three and one. How'd that work out for him? Shannon's <laughs> three and one. Well, well, like you said, the team was garbage. The teams were garbage between 2010 and 2013, with the exception of Griffin's one good year. But you know what? Versus Dallas in 2010, versus Giants in 2011, and versus Saints in 2012, they came out sharp. They looked good to open the season. And I get, I think nobody will yeah. disagree with me that Shanahan is a lackadaisical coach. He's old school. What the hell does that even mean? <laughs> Like, really, this is only a criticism that's made of offensive coaches, period. You only hear offensive coaches that get questioned like this. But when they call Gruden a player's coach, doesn't, don't you think that means he's maybe giving players a rest during certain practices, not overworking them? That doesn't mean it's lackadaisical. That means they've had some intense practices, and he makes nah, sure the veterans but lackadaisical, ready lackadaisical isn't my word. This is the word that you've heard out of camp. I mean, it's not me saying it. It's, it's what people say. Man. Listen to me, man. We are two weeks in the camp. They've written all the shit they can write. So now they're getting on to the nonsense. And that this training camp thing, is, that's nonsense. It's nonsense. <laughs> Whatever. Like, hey, the, hey, they're the, giving us good the, podcast hey, content, though. Hey, we need it. Hey, the Rams, <laughs> and, I'm sure Jeff Fisher runs pretty tough camps. Right? I'm sure he runs extremely tough camps. <laughs> What's the how that end up? Tell me, tell me more about how Jared Goff is a franchise quarterback. Tell me more. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, you think he runs great camps? Didn't they beat the Seahawks to start the year? Last they year? sure did. They did. And they sucked. How'd that end up? So. <laughs> all, right. all, all I'm saying is, you know, you'll have a certain amount of days. You'll have a certain amount of, of preseason games. The CBA kind of restricts what you can do and the hitting in preseason as well and camp as well. I would like to think that the guy who's in charge of these 53 guys and is in charge of the salvation of this team would come out and just be like, okay, I've been softening these guys these past three years. Three straight years, we've taken L's in week one. Let me try something different. Just to see what happens. Just to again, see what happens. again, this is only a criticism I hear of offensive coaches. That their teams are soft. I think I'll be running a soft camp. I think that stuff's all bullshit. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Like, Watch how the I'm narrative sure. changes when the offense comes out here on Saturday and they move the ball. Then they're going to say, well, oh, they look sharp. They look, they look great. Look like midseason form. Like, come on, man. It was six plays. Six. I, I'm going to actually go look and see what teams' records have been in openers over the last five seasons. One. Two. Is it even relevant if you win or lose your first game of the season? I mean, I, it's that relevant. I mean, there's only 16 of them. I mean, all of them are relevant. Yeah, yeah. No, they're all relevant, but they're not equal relevance. Unless you lose a division game week one, I don't really care if you lose week one. Especially if it's out of the conference. I could care less. Well, what if it's the Cleveland? Well, looks like you just had a tough start to the season. Man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Fair enough. But Fair all, enough. all losses in the NFL aren't the same. Oh, no, no, m- most Wait. definitely. I agree with you on that. I mean, the division games definitely weigh, weigh a lot more than those other games, those AFC games. Exactly. All I know is that, I mean, you, you got to come out swinging versus Philly. you got to. Absolutely. Because it's, a, it's a division game. You know that Kelly Green is going to be heavy in our stadium. 
and I don't want to have to catch a charge leaving the stadium. I, 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 I can't do it, man. I can't do this again. I can't be in, in section 131, row 21 with Corey, sitting there looking at the scoreboard that says, Eagles 31, Redskins 17, and I'm cussing out Kirk Cousins and security's asking me to leave. I can't do it again. Hearing chants of fly, Eagles fly. I might throw up all over the individual in front of me. Oh, gosh. Dude. <laughs> just like, you, you, two, you two goons. Now you guys just need to behave yourself out there. I don't go to those kind of games because there's just too many, too many people acting like 12-year-olds. Mainly the Eagles fans. Mainly Eagles fans. Yeah, mainly. Mainly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so let's talk about the preseason game coming up on Saturday. Packers come to FedEx Field. Uh, you expect to see more of the starters in preseason game or two. I think I heard that you'll probably see Kirk play the whole first quarter, maybe into the second. You Whoa. might have some guys back. I mean, I heard that Doxon could play. Obviously, Stuart Cardinals isn't going to play. Crowder's going to be back. Preston Smith is going to be back. Who do you want to see most on Saturday night? Who needs to impress you? Who needs to impress you? I just want to see the offense pick up a couple first downs. That Kirk Cousins playing into order is foolish. Okay? It's preseason. We have another a lot more time than that. Offense needs to come on, move the ball, get a little rhythm, and get off the field. <laughs> this game does not count. It doesn't count, but you, I mean, like I, said, I was talking about, you need to get a rhythm. You can't yeah, have. That, you can have. You, Corey, we'll be having this podcast in three weeks after the wrestling have went 0 4 in the preseason, which I don't care about, but the offense will look like shit for four straight weeks, and you'll be. It, it'll be DEFCOM 1 in this podcast. You know it will. Not, not, not from here. I Good. don't care about preseason because you <laughs> never remember what the hell happened, anyways. You never remember. Tell me preseason you actually remember. Spur your year. <laughs> well, oh, let's relax. Let's relax on that. Let's relax on Osaka. I mean, that, that was the height of preseason doesn't matter. I'm just saying. It's, I don't ever remember what actually happened in the preseason. And if the offenses are moving the ball, I don't really care. I'm not asking for the offenses to go down there and give me 21 points. I'm just saying I just want to see a first down, too. I want to see a run down. Game. I want to see a run game that would because be nice. I was very disappointed in the run game versus the Ravens. Obviously, like you said, only six plays by the first team offense, but the run game hasn't been a factor, a major factor here since Gruden's been here. I would hope that this vaunted Hogs 2.0 would be able to clear some more holes. Samaji Piran didn't look good. He looked hesitant. He wasn't hitting holes. He had a fumble and a drop pass. Rob Kelly couldn't get the ball moving. And frankly, just the offensive line looked confused. I mean, on that third and one play in the second drive, you had two guys going blocked and blow up Rod Kelly right before he got the ball, right after he got the ball. I mean, they look confused. I want to see them run the ball against the Packers. I mean, the Packers have a decent run defense. I want to see them move the ball on the ground because you need, you need a run game. This did we game put is 40 great, on the Packers last year? Huh? Didn't we put 40 on the Packers last year? We did. We did. We did. I mean, again, <laughs> this game does not count. It okay, would be nice to see them. Don't get me wrong. I agree with you when you say we want the team to get the rhythm, want the offense to get the rhythm. It would be nice. Like I said, a couple first downs here and there, cool. If they don't get it, I uproar because main now health. We already lost Murphy. We don't need to lose any more players. We need to be healthy going into week one. Oh yeah, that's no, the main issue. That's that's priority number one for every team in the NFL. I mean, you got to be healthy. I mean, give a damn about these games. Week one, if you're down nine starters like the Ravens are. I mean, it's just—it's already a blow. Your season's already—I mean, you're already a, a half step behind everybody else because you're you're nine starters out. That's really? absolutely great. But um, you guys know my take on preseason. <laughs> I just don't care. They're not going to convince me to care. I don't know what's going on with other teams during the preseason. You never know if someone's actually—I don't know if teams actually had a good preseason or not, because no one actually cares. Yet. So. The defense could go out there, have three straight three and outs, cause a turnover, whatever. It wouldn't matter because it just doesn't matter. I know that they're not seeing the actual Aaron Rodgers. Is he even, is he even playing on Saturday? I he's doubt it. To suit, they actually said he's supposed to suit up. He didn't play last week. 
Really? He said he yeah. might get a series. Well, I mean, he'll, he'll get a series. Play for? But we all know A-Rod's going to show up week one. I mean, it's A-Rod. Yeah, A-Rod showed up last year when we put 40 on them. Oh, you define till the end. You're going to define me on, on at every turn <laughs> this podcast. I see, I see how it's going. No, I'm just saying. I just like, I like I said. I don't remember any preseasons ever because they're just not that important, and they're indicative of nothing. Just stay healthy. Agreed. Is there are there any players that you want to see? Are you interested, excited to see? Definitely excited to see Everett out there get an opportunity. I mean, obviously the two all Alabama the, all boys. the young players, man. Yeah. All the young, all the young players. The draft class. Agreed. I hope Doxon plays. I hope he's able to play because. I mean, I've been dying to see him in a game. I, I mean, I, you, obviously we've seen him torching Breland all camp. I want to torch torch somebody else. Not 100%. You can sit out. We well, have I mean, preseason I mean, week three when the offense will be out there I mean, for two if, quarters. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. I mean, if he plays, you have to assume that they think he's healthy in the play. They're not going to play him maybe even 90%. Oh, you're Definitely. not 100? Sit your ass down on the bench and, and stay in that bubble wrap. Agreed. <laughs> but I, if he plays, I want to see him play. I'm excited to see him play. I mean – you haven't seen any game action from him since last September. I'm excited to see him beat somebody else besides our own cornerbacks. No, I agree with that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that obviously him, Jonathan Allen, any of the young guys, man. That's what I'm interested to see. I don't. I care less whether the offense is in a groove or whatever the hell. Just get first down for me. That's not asking too much. No, it's not. not it's not. That's not asking a lot. It's <laughs> not asking a lot. At all. No, not at all. All right, well, that's all I have for you guys tonight. Thank you for being with us again. Please make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 50gutblog and at Facebook on facebook.com backslash 50gut. Uh, are you guys going to watch the investigation ID uh, Sean Taylor murder story? In DVR now, you know, I got to catch that. I'm going to turn that on as soon as we're off the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Cliff's like, what are you guys talking about Cliff, right now? Cliff has no interest in this whatsoever. There's absolutely no way I'm watching <laughs> this is no way. Hey, well, man, let me we know how it goes. So week one kickoff, man. There's nothing else on the television. Man. The football junkies need their fix, man. Cliff, please stop doing this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, My bad, man. My uh, bad. Enjoy, enjoy your ID discovery show. <laughs> uh.